Welcome to Docs in Orbit, where we feature conversations with independent creative documentary filmmakers from around the world. This is Christina Zacriades. In today's episode, we continue to highlight films from the Krakow International Film Festival, featuring a conversation with Francesca Mazzolini from Italy. She made her feature film debut in 2018 with her film That's Life and is now successfully traveling the festival circuit with her second feature film, the documentary Punta Sacra, which had its world premiere at Visions du Rio and received the Jury Award for Best Feature Film. It also was part of the documentary film competition at Krakow International Film Festival and just had its market premiere at Cannes Marché du Film, the first major virtual market since the start of the pandemic. Punta Sacra is a sensitive documentary, which focuses on a very tight community living in illegal houses on the edge of Rome in the seadrome called Ostia. Here we find a community resisting the forces of nature and the ever-existing threat of forced eviction, with a thirst for celebrating the community that is strong, woman-centered, and there to stay. The film can be described as a character-driven story with a nostalgic feel that is built around themes of resistance, resilience, sisterhood, and community. The film demonstrates some very clear choices in its approach in form and editing, resulting in a story that leaves us with a feeling of hope. Today, we'll be discussing this film and the process of its creation with director Francesca Mazzolini. And to moderate the conversation, Yvonne Nowen, a fellow documentary filmmaker from Amsterdam and a graduate from the Doc Nomads Master's Program, facilitates the discussion. Here's the conversation. Hi, Francesca. Hi. First of all, congratulations winning the jury prize for the best feature film at Vision de Rio. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about your beautiful film, Punta Sacra. Thank you very much. So let me start with asking you about the beginning of the process of making this film. Yeah. You found a community in no man's land on the seaside outside of Rome. How did you come to know of this community and what attracted you to them in the first place? I met them for the first time uh, eight years ago. And uh, it was important for me to have all this time to know the people because uh, I, I never made a film without uh, knowing deeply the subject before. It's important because I, I need to create my idea of the place and uh, of the history and of the people that I met. I met. So uh, the first time that I came there, I found uh, a sort of poetic, uh, magical place uh, with a strong cinematic impact. I felt in love with that community. So one thing that struck me was that this place uh, risked to be temporary. Uh, it's an um, illegal, uh, self-built uh, place, uh, but it's uh, the situation is very complex because they um, every year they are fighting uh, to 
to their rights and to stay there, to maintain their houses. And the place is beautiful. Obviously, it's poor. It's, uh, there are a lot of, uh, of uh, things that they need. But I wanted to show the good uh, things that I, I found there. So going in, in the shooting period, so to say, did you know already those elements that that was what you wanted to focus on or did that evolve more gradually? Uh, I knew Franca first, uh, the grandmother of the community and her family that was mm -hmm. full of beautiful uh, women of every age. And I started with them. Then, uh, through Franca, I met other people of the community. But I didn't want to shoot uh, in the first day. I spent with them also many, many days uh, just uh, talking uh, and trying to, to create a sort of friendship because uh, it was important to have uh, trust. We wanted to show the real uh, life uh, at the Hidroscalo, the Ostia, because I usually journalists and television uh, shows uh, the decadence and degradation about this place, uh, but not the good about this. Uh, the Roscala that is about living in community and uh, living uh, with a strong connection with uh, nature, with the sea, with, with mm -hmm. the river. It's really a place totally different uh, from other places in Rome because it's yeah. in, in the middle of, uh, of the month of, of Tiber, of our river. So they woke up and in front of them there, there is the, the sea and uh, on the right there's <laughs> the river and they just want to stay there. This is the, the idea and the aim that was in common with all the characters. They want to stay there and they are fighting Yeah, and I guess that that also explains what you were just saying, that it was something that evolved together. Because it's clear in the film that there's very much this focus on community, on sisterhood, I would say, as well, on support, on this this continuous fight to for their right to stay there, to live there, where their generations have lived for a long time. And I think you also answered my question, uh, how did you build this relationship? Because I, I guess by spending that much time and having this common objective, I think that that made for this film to be so intimate. You can really sense that they're comfortable with you being there and with sharing their lives. So that was beautiful. I did read somewhere that while working with the kids, especially, that you sometimes treated them more like actors rather than having just this observational approach. Could you talk a little bit more about that? What, what was the level of directing and what came out of that approach? Um, I love to create a strong connection between uh, Uh, narrative uh, film and documentary, especially in the way of working uh, with uh, actors or non-actors. Uh, one thing that uh, was important uh, was to ask them uh, uh, in which way they would love to to be represented. Uh, the, the, I asked to all the characters this question, question before starting shooting. Mm. And then with this kind of trust, uh, we, we start to, to shoot. Uh, sometime we just uh, recreate uh, some scene uh, that uh, I saw maybe a couple of days before. So I, I always start from uh, that I've seen in that uh, in the place. Uh, some situations, some relation between characters. But sometimes I prefer to leave first uh, 
and then to recreate something similar with them uh, or also using the, the shooting uh, as um, an opportunity to to let people talk for the first time. For example, there's a scene that uh, I, I, I really like in the documentary. I like uh, the, the result that is the, the scene between uh, the daughter and mother that uh, they are talking about uh, uh, the future of yeah. the daughter, which uh, school uh, to choose. Uh, I knew that the the young girl wanted to talk about this uh, this issue with the mother, but they they never talked about these issues. So we use uh, the shooting to let them talk for the first time. So what happened uh, in front of the camera was totally real and so strong because uh, I I knew that there was this uh, conflict between them and I wanted to explore them in front of the camera. But this kind of work needs a lot of time because before that argument, we talk about many, many things yeah. that I, I cut uh, during the, the editing, obviously. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely a very real scene. And I think this emotion that especially the daughter is displaying of her eagerness to talk to her mom about this and her frustration of not being able to speak her mind and what she wants. And you feel this 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 drive of the mother to push her to a better future because no matter how much they would love to stay there, there's also the limitations of this location and, and this duality of this place that's so cherished and they want to maintain it so badly while at the same time realizing that it might be temporary, that it might be gone. I think it's very, in these scenes, it's it's very powerful. I would like to ask a different question about what I found compelling and very central in your film uh, was also the idea of intergenerational poverty and in different countries this exists. In fact, it is a theme in a couple of other films in the festival, including I Love You, I Miss You uh, and A Casa My Home. Could you speak a bit about how difficult it is for those who are born into marginalized communities? How difficult it is for them to break out of it? Um, this is the, the the reason why I choose to stay with uh, younger people there because uh, this question uh, was different uh, for them. Uh, they, uh, especially for for the young female teenagers who are connected every day with uh, uh, through the smartphone and uh, also with the school because uh, they have friends from outside. So they have more connection with the outside. And I ask them every day if they they image their future outside the Idruscal or not, for example. Very romantic because they want they really also the youngest want, wants to to stay there maybe for simple reason because all they their friends their best friends are, are in the house uh, in front of them on behind them so there's also it's also because there is this uh, way of living that it's connected with the community and there's not this idea outside that it's very strong also in the youngest. And uh, I think that the most difficult thing is, uh, is that they don't know um, nothing about their, the, the choice uh, the, the, of, of, about their future. Politicians uh, in Rome now, they are still talking about the demolition of, uh, of the houses, especially in these days. So it's 
very hard uh, and I think also that for the youngest uh, it's uh, it's hard because they are they are fighting with their parents mm. and it's great that this idea of the politics is stronger also in the youngest they, they have stronger uh, political values uh, because uh, it's about their life and it's about the the, the, the choice that uh, the institution are made without asking them what they want this is a pity 10 years ago they destroyed uh, uh, 35 uh, houses in that place without asking anything and they, and they they have this fear here in in these days mm. the same fear of 10 years ago so i think that uh, through generation the problem it's uh, it's quite the same and they are all fighting for the same uh, uh, aim for the same purpose in uh, in this period individuals like franca who is such a strong pillar in society and she's in that community and she's clearly also educating uh, the children and everyone in that community about the relevance and what is done to them. And I remember now when you were speaking the scene with Sylvia, uh, the granddaughter, who's then asking questions about what she learned in school and then grandmother Franca correcting her like, no, 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 this is not how it went down. So there's also this very uh, strong intergenerational education like this is important. This is not right. And we have a right to be here and we should fight for it. So and I, I love how you've chosen also these celebrations. Like you said earlier that you spend so much time with them, also having these yearly celebrations with them. And I think this fight is, of course, it's heavy. It's something that's not negative, I would say, but it's not something happy. Like it's something that they experience stress and fear. And then you capture these celebrations yeah. to give us this feeling of community and hope. Yeah. I think that a celebration was uh, a key of all these uh, of these uh, documentary because uh, the, their yeah. their political fight was also organized the celebration of every kind. In fact, I have five celebration and parties uh, in the documentary: Christmas or birthday and uh, other other parties, and uh, it's also the final chapters of of the of the film and that the, the name it's a celebration because it's a sort of a meaning of all the all the all the documentary this really fits in well with my next question because for the editing of the film which was done by you with editor elisabetta abrami again i hope i pronounce her name correctly yeah. Um, you have chosen to work with chapters that are accompanied with these titles, referring to family roles and celebrations, indeed. Music plays a very important role in your film, the, the music of Chiki, but also other music. I was just wondering, how did these choices come about? How, how did you decide on this? Uh, the idea of, of um, chapters arrives at the end. We talked with Elizabeth about which kind of structure we we could we should have in this uh, in this narration this story and uh, we understood in a certain part of the editing that we had uh, five or six main uh, scenes very powerful so uh, there is no um, main storyline through the movie uh, there is not a, a single story obviously but uh, everything was connected uh, by some uh, theme like um, 
the the earth, the element of nature, uh, contrast between generation, uh, the, the fate, uh, the celebration. So we were talking about them, and we we just understood that they they were this sort of connection between all the scenes. So we decided at the end to create the the, the chapter and to. Uh, and also to decide the style. So the style and the mood uh, was one of the first things that uh, we tried to uh, understand, just listening uh, uh, to the materials. Uh, we didn't decide um, anything before. We just watched and watched for like um, 10 days uh, or more uh, all the materials that I, I, sh I shot. So um, after a while, we decided to write a sort of a small script, uh, me and my editor, in separate rooms. So we decided just to watch materials and write a script to understand maybe if there could be something to shoot again, to shoot again, or something that could be great to have in the documentary so we i decided to shoot only two days after this uh, work to recreate a couple of uh, situation uh, and then we start this long editing uh, that lasts uh, uh i think uh, seven months and just to get back to something you said earlier about like co-creating this documentary with the community uh we talked before a bit about some of the elements being improv or improvisation and also them having some input in how they would like to be represented. Uh, could you give us an example of a scene that's very much based on their motivation? Like, I want to be represented like this, maybe a character or, or a specific scene. Um, especially with Franca, with the grandmother, the protagonist, because she asked me every day to show uh, her fight because uh, she she is very proud of this part of the of her character. She's always fighting with uh, about something uh, with someone, uh, and uh, she uh, wanted that the political part of the documentary was very clear. So sometimes she asked me if uh, maybe I miss uh, something, some information uh, about the history, about what they are doing. And so I, I decided to shoot again something like in, the, uh, in one of the first scenes about uh, the, the story of the place, uh, why they are destroying uh, uh, the houses, uh, all these facts. At the end of the documentary, when uh, I show her for the first time the film, she was worried, worried because um, uh, she asked me if it was uh, political enough to, because she wanted to create a sort of, uh, of manifesto, a sort of, uh, of film that was able also to change something in their, obviously in their fight. And uh, I told her that uh, it's difficult to talk with politicians, but uh, I also asked her to trust me because there is a language in cinema that is different from the language of uh, uh, journalists or, uh, or TV. And uh, I, I told her that the uh, audience will, will love her and this is the main important things because of the with this kind of connection with characters uh, 
everyone uh, uh, will will want to to live in the Hidroscalo and to see that place uh, and to fight uh, with them. So that was yeah. uh, uh, I, I think that Franca was uh, the characters more um, connected uh, with the the idea of uh, the way she wanted to appear in this uh, in this film. Well, it's funny that you you mentioned this example because in some scenes you really feel this directing of her. Maybe in the, in the way she tried to direct alongside you, but also in terms of the family structure. For example, this scene when they're practicing for this dance that they're going to be performing and the song. And then she takes over the microphone and she shows Sylvia how she should do it. I'm not surprised with this example. It's yeah. it's funny you should say this. You can sense this. Yeah. Would you say that would be the... Was that the biggest challenge for you in making this film? Or were there other things that were perhaps that you were facing that were challenging maybe the trust at the beginning uh, to have to to have trust of people uh, it was very hard uh, especially with uh, other families uh, with other characters not not with franca because i knew her but all the other person the community they they didn't have trust in new people especially with the camera because uh, usually it's the TV or journalists, mm. and as I told you, uh, they they hate the way they are talking about the Hidroscalo because uh, it's always about decadence uh, and uh, criminality, and so usually they switch mm. off the camera uh, of these people. So we need a lot of time, and mm. we should uh, with uh, three person. The crew was very small. Uh, we were three. And this was very important for also to to enter in the houses and to be uh, invisible at a certain point. So the trust uh, being invisible, mm. uh, um, it was difficult to understand mm. uh, which person uh, could be a characters uh, and uh, which no, because uh, some people in front of uh, of the camera, I I understood that. It was too difficult to create mm. something real. The, it depends from uh, from the single uh, human being uh, and the the trust uh, with the uh, cinema and all this uh, this kind of uh, all this world. And then uh, there another difficult things that we manage was the the nature because uh, we shot in uh, during the winter and. Um, for example, we stayed on the rocks uh, in front of the of the sea for doing some beautiful landscape, uh, and we had this uh, the all this uh, wind and uh, the sea on the camera and the water. So I think that my cinematographer uh, hated me a lot in that moment because uh, all, all our camera was covered with. Uh, with water at a certain time but uh, I think that the most difficult things was with people not with nature so now I can imagine if this agenda this this has been an issue for generations for them so of course when you're trying to capture that and you're you're entering their community with all your good intentions and your desire to tell this story. Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. And I guess it's also interesting what you said before, in terms of you as a filmmaker, 
would you say that this this fight for justice or maybe even simpler maybe this fight to represent in a in an honest way like to depict people the way they are instead of focusing on some elements would you say that's part of your motivation as a filmmaker in general um, yeah i think so because um i think that it's uh, important it's a sort of mission for me to uh, show shades and contradiction in every situation i, I don't i don't like uh, also in narrative film i don't like to have black and white obviously and i i love to show something that uh, uh, maybe it's pure when it's not easy to see it and uh, or the contrary maybe it's really mm, terrible and bad when everyone is able to see only the the good part i, I love to ask questions and to uh, to the audience uh, to create a question and uh, to change uh, uh, the point of view on situation that uh, for many people are the same since years and in years i think that create this kind of uh, research is important uh, yeah, also in narrative film so obviously i would love that uh, new generation maybe of cinematographer uh, will be more connected with uh, political issues but political for me is also to to create this kind of uh, question inside when you are uh, doing uh, maybe also a film that it's not the uh, social uh, maybe also in a horror film it's uh, important to to create in yourself these kind of questions so uh, i hope also in a sort of new wave of cinema because uh, our country is full of contradictions so i mm. think that for heart it's uh uh, it's also great because you have the chance to to really say something that maybe you can't imagine. Yeah. So. so do you have like any plans on taking this film also outside of the festival circuit? Would you consider like showing it to the politicians and maybe using it as an instrument for change? Or is it something that should evolve or happen naturally? Yeah, I, I, I will try to, to show it, obviously, to politicians. It's not easy at all, but I will start, like, uh, tomorrow because uh, we we have uh, very recent news about uh, the political choice on that part of uh, the land. They are doing this choice in these days. So it's, uh, it's important. I will try, obviously, uh, I, I will. I want to show this film uh, everywhere, but not only with the festival and critics, because the, the aim of this uh, film is also something else. So, yeah, I, I hope to be listening. It's not uh, so easy, but uh, we will try all together, also with the community, to to do this yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. Maybe as a final question, we are obviously very excited about this film. Uh, very curious as well uh, what you'll be doing next. Is there any other project that you are currently working on that you would like to give us a little teaser? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a couple of projects. I'm not sure which one will start first. Also because of the situation of cinema and all the restrictions that we have. So we, I'm, I'm finishing to, to write and it's... Um, 
it's an horror film so uh, it's totally different from what i made since now but the approach it's very similar and uh, the other it's a tv series and uh, it's uh, also about my age uh, and uh, to be a female of uh, 30 years uh, in Italy and the other similar theme. I, I really care about these two projects. I don't know which one will be the next. I, I hope to shoot next year. So we, we'll see. <laughs> That's exciting. We'll, we'll definitely follow up on you and, and see what you're doing. Uh, I guess for now, good luck with this film in, in celebrating it at Krakow and also at other festivals, hopefully soon. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this this process and your motivation, which is very strong, obviously, with us. And it's inspiring and best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This podcast was produced by Bandarei Productions with music by Naeem Makhboub in Stockholm and produced by Christina Zachariades in New York. Special thanks to Ivan Nowin for facilitating the discussion and to Paulina Bukowska from the Krakow International Film Festival. Thanks for listening. And don't miss our next episode, where we continue highlighting films from the Krakow International Film Festival, featuring a conversation with Danish filmmaker Eva-Marie Rudbro about her film, I Love You, I Miss You, I Hope I See You Before I Die. And for more goodies, visit us online at docsinorbit.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the updates.